You are listening to Growing Boulder. I'm Mark Middleton along with Big Bad Billy Schaefer. And folks, we're going to talk a little bit about why the question, what is old, uh, is really a tough one to wrap your brain around. Yeah, and don't feel bad if it's tough for you, too, because some of the biggest brains in the world have studied it. One's even written a great book. It's called How We Age, A Doctor's Journey into the Heart of Growing Old. Dr. Mark Agronin is here to tell us all about it. How are you, Dr. Mark? Very good. Great to be here. Boy, now, there, there's a topic that, you know, if you're out to sell a lot of books, probably not a good one for you, but yet it's one that you're ultimately passionate about. Well, it's true. All of us age. We face that without question. And especially when we're younger, we have so many different fears and I would argue misconceptions about what it's all about. And in the book, I wanted to tell the story of so many individuals I've worked with to show a different side of aging. And, you know, Doc, if there was nothing we could do about it, I don't think we would be as fascinated by this subject as many of us are. And back in the day, I think it was what it was. But these days, we're learning uh, that there are so many different ways that we can control and improve how we age that, uh, uh, you know, guys like you are, uh, I mean, it's a growth industry right now, isn't it? Well, consider the fact that it's likely in the next 20 to 30 years that we will have, if not cures, probably more, even more effective treatments for the main killers, heart disease, cancer, stroke, even perhaps Alzheimer's disease. And so the average person turning 65 will have another, another 30 to 40 good years ahead. And think about what that does to the notion of the second half of life. It really speaks to a time of, of opportunity and no growth. So let me tell you guys a little bit about who we're talking to now. He's the Medical Director of Mental Health and Clinical Research at Miami Jewish Health Systems. You're a Harvard grad. You got your medical degree from Yale. I mean, they don't make them any smarter than you, which is interesting as to how this topic really drew you and what you found in it that makes it a, a passion of yours. The key component here is that, one, I grew up with active, vital elders in my life, and so I have always valued the role of older individuals and I have to tell you, as a psychiatrist, regardless of anything about my background or education, I love working with older individuals because I find I learn as much as I'm able to help people or give to them on a daily basis. Uh, people who have been there, who have lived the history of this century, it's amazing what they have to teach us. And it's amazing all of the strengths that people retain and even grow as they get older, even in the face of illness and even in the face of memory loss for some people. Hmm. So what is old uh, in your estimation? Is it the number of years we've been around? Is it the ailments that we currently have? Is it the, the prognosis that we have for future life? Uh, what determines if we're old or not? I'm going to answer this with a quick story. In the book, I interviewed one of the leading experts on aging in our century. He's in his 80s now, and I posed him that question. I said, what's it been like for you as you've gotten older? What have you learned? And he said, to be honest with you, I don't really feel different than, than when I was 60 or 70 or even younger. He said, old for me is my mother, who at the time of the interview was 102 years old. To me, the message is that certainly there are changes in our body that we can't ignore as we get older. But the experience of aging is something that we define for ourselves. For some individuals, it's a time of limitations. For others, it's a time of opportunity. And he's telling me in his 80s that he's still doing all the same things that he did when he was younger, but with the added knowledge and experience now. So he wasn't even defining himself as old. And to me, this is a critical point. And I'm told time and time again from older individuals, they say, don't define it for me. Let me define what it's going to be like. 
And you know what's interesting too? I think isn't it true that you, most of the people that you've talked to didn't you find them at, at at what we think of as nursing homes, those kind of places? I work full time in a long-term care institution with yeah. the largest nursing home in Florida at its root. The average age I treat is 90. So, so, so we, see, that's another great thing, too, because we all have this idea. We're all scared of nursing homes. We've got a phobia about them. They're called God's waiting room, but you see them in a totally different way. I see both sides of the coin. Nursing homes can be lonely, cold places, but we have control over that. We can't cure aging. We can't change and slow down time. But we can make nursing homes into places where people come to live and to thrive, even if it's in the last days for them. So that's something that we do have control over. You can hear anything you want about anti-aging strategies. The bottom line is there is no true anti-aging strategy. It's not about just living longer. It's about living better. And that can happen even in nursing homes. And what have you found as you've worked in these nursing homes, as you've interviewed people for your book? Uh, is there some common denominator that, that is shared among those people that, in your estimation, are aging well? Yes, without question. The connections we have with other people. When we have supportive, loving connections, whether it's with children or friends, or sometimes people come to the nursing home bereft of everyone in their life, but they're able to make new connections, that makes all the difference. And, and, I, and I couldn't emphasize that more. We even know that keeping socially active lowers the risk of Alzheimer's disease. It increases longevity. It all comes down to those key relationships in our lives. And, you know, Doc, you mentioned that there are two very distinct sides to this coin. On the one hand, it is an incredible age of opportunity. On the other hand, this is one of those dark alleys I really don't like to go down because if, if you just do the math, if you look at the numbers of people that are aging, uh, the, the amount of money, uh, the lack of money that's out there to care for them, uh, it, it can get to be pretty dark and dismal soon. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to get this interaction that you're talking about. This is, the, this is the main concern, because I can tell you, in our space here, when we, we have the right people and we can make those connections, it's spectacular. But you're right. When older individuals lack those resources and those connections, it's, it's more of a problem. And this is why we have to do our best to advocate for older individuals and to, and to put an emphasis on resources into that stage of life. We spend too much time talking about the fact that maybe we're wasting resources on the last days of life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about resources for the last decades of our life. And I'm certain this will change because the baby boomers, the first group are turning 65 this year. And there's no doubt that the energy and creativity they've brought to so many other aspects of our society, they will bring into aging as well. You know, we hear people say it all the time. It's kind of trendy to now. Do you think that it's true? Do we have a pretty good chance to live to 100 these days? The fastest growing age group right now are the 100-year-olds, if you look at the last two census records. So without question, certainly living, uh, at least in, in Western countries, the average lifespan is in the late 70s. For many of us living into our 80s and 90s is a very real possibility, and that will become even more commonplace. I think eventually we will hit a limit. I, it's not that people will live to be 200 in the future. Uh, the longest recording individual lived about 122. I don't think that will be commonplace. But living to 100, I think that will be more common. We just want to make certain that we're healthy and mentally strong if we live to that age. And that's 
where we need to still do a lot of work. Hey, Doc, we've just got about 30 seconds left. Uh, you're a guy who's smart. You're plugged in. You see what's going on. Are you optimistic about the future of, of, of us as we age? I'm optimistic not only because of the science and technology, but I'm optimistic because, to me, the human spirit is able to transform uh, what the experience of aging is all about. We're able to do that right now, regardless of what developments come in the future. So that makes gives me great hope. I know what we give to our elders, we give to ourselves in return. The book is a fascinating read, an eye-opening look at a new reality. It's called How We Age, A Doctor's Journey into the Heart of Growing Old. Thanks so much, Dr. Mark Agronin, for your research. Mm-hmm.